Hey everyone, this is Leave Your Shoes By The Door, and today I'm joined with Bob Curlin. Bob, thank you for being on here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So Bob, uh, you are a, a resident of, of Brown County, and something I think is it's really important that, that everybody is aware of, especially just our neighbors here in central Indiana, is the, the whole septic issue in right. Brown County. Right, right. So I'm going to be quiet. Bob, the floor is yours. Could you just kind of give us just sure. a, a paraphrase rundown of what is going on with the septic issue in Brown County? I will, County? but it may take a year, so I'll kind of shortcut it. Okay. Uh, of course, Brown County is unique in itself because of the terrain and uh, the rocks and the hills. And uh, we do not offer septic uh, to anyone that does not live in the town of Nashville. Uh, so what we have out in the county is a major, major septic problems uh, that we're trying to solve or trying to figure out exactly how to solve the problem. I don't think it's a major problem, but I do think because of the age of some of the homes and some of the septic that is becoming a problem because they fail and you can't sell the property, then they're condemned and then there's no money to go in and condemn and tear down the house. So what you've got is a rotten house and a rotten sewer system. Uh, but anyway, uh, the health department has been working on an ordinance for probably at least three to four years. Uh, it's been before the public, it's been changed, it's been before uh, a lot of meetings. And finally, uh, after three years of working on this ordinance, it was adopted, I believe, about a month ago the county commissioners, which was a two-to-one vote, was not unanimous, but now we have in place, uh, I think, a workable ordinance that the realtors can work with. Uh, failed septic can be solved by the way of grant with the help of the health department. So I think it's a step in the right direction, and uh, I, I'm happy with the ordinance. Some people are not. Some people think it's overstepping government's boundary. Uh, but that's just part of life in today's society. But it's hopefully it's going to work. So I want to go back to just so first <laughs> off, you know, obviously I you know me as a as a relatively new homeowner and and that's just something you take for granted. You don't even think about. You it. don't even think no, about it. No. And and of course you don't know what you got till it's gone kind of right. scenario. And I understand the the rough terrain that that you mentioned, but. You know, Indiana is a notoriously flat state, and we have those states in Appalachian Mountains and the states out west, and those are all different types of topography, right. and they don't seem to have these problems. So what really, I do what think, was the turning point? I do think they have the problems. Oh, I they do? I, do? I don't think it's public as much as ours because we're a tourist town, and, and we get a lot of publicity, sometimes good and sometimes bad. But any time that you have the terrain of hills and valleys, you, you, it's very difficult. Uh and they also, the state also, in the meantime, has changed some rules and regulations to control a little bit better. A good example is the slope. You can't have more than, I think, it's 12 to 14 percent slope uh, within that septic field. Uh, they've changed it to the smallest tank you can put in is a thousand-gallon tank, which is a two-bedroom. So what's going on is John Blow all of a sudden bought this house with a two-bedroom septic, bought the house and had started having kids and just added on another bedroom and then he had a mother-in-law quarter so now he's up to maybe four septics. Well that thousand bed uh, tank is not going to hold a four bedroom system. So now we go to list it and all of a sudden the record says this is a two bedroom house. Well we look at the tax bill and it's just four bedrooms. 
That's so, a headache. So problem. automatically, it's a red flag saying somebody has a problem. It's either the guy that's trying to sell it, or at the health department, or the guy that's trying to buy it. So you got a threefold problem. That, uh, but I think it's it's a problem all over. I, I don't think it's just Brown County. Uh, anytime you're you're dealing with hills and valleys, and now maybe some of them may have a sewer system already in place, uh, which which of course is not a problem. Uh, so anyway, I, I think it's a problem all over the wherever you have rough terrain. Well, I, I appreciate that. You're right. I mean, it's not like I'm over here trying to investigate what's going on in Colorado. I mean, yeah, you're right. It is. It's, it's a quieter thing, and I appreciate you shining a light on it. So I want you to kind of give me a hypothetical. Um, you're a working stiff, 9 to 5, food on the table. Obviously, you want to live in Brown County for obvious reasons. Brown County, I think, is arguably the most beautiful, natural resources area in central indiana or amen. in indiana amen in the midwest it, yeah i mean it really is it, it's a when you when you're driving south and all of a sudden you're in hills and lush woods as far as the eye can see and it's like a postcard everywhere you look you want to live there but you're not in nashville because the septic isn't offered for people outside of nashville right what would that person have to go through uh well, if he's in, what would you? What advice would you give them? Okay, you're interested in looking for a home outside of Nashville. What advice? Okay, what what's the checklist that you would tell the them? The first thing you would go is call the health department and get their permit when the house was built, and read read the septic permit and all. Make sure that that house is within within the two bedroom or four bedroom system. Uh, having said that, there's a problem because we had a couple of fires in the courthouse and we've lost some of the records. Uh, back in the 70s and 80s, nobody really cared, so they just put a septic in and their neighbor helped it, so there's no rules or regulations that he went by. Uh, it, it's a tough thing, but the first thing I do when I get a listing, I get the tax bill and I'll look at the number of bedrooms, I'll look at the number of square feet. Uh, fireplace and all that stuff, and that's where I start, and I kind of look at the value. Uh, but I'd say number one is is the sewer se septic system. Uh, is it legal? Is it illegal? Uh, Brown County, God bless them. Years ago, used to have the good old boy uh, attitude. You want to do a septic? God, a boy, go ahead and do it. Sure. Well, years later, somebody built a deck on that house, and it sits right on top of the septic system. Yep. That, that's a problem. Yep. And the, the bigger problem is who's going to solve that problem. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that that's where we are. But but it's getting better. Yeah. We're, we're working. There's concerns about the health value as far as getting this getting water and in, in, uh, bad water into our into our rivers and our, so anyway it's we're working on it. We'll, we'll solve it. And I want to make sure that you're giving yourself <laughs> due credit because I know you've been on the front lines uh, in this going to to public meetings and, and hearings have. on it and really. You know, putting your money where your mouth is and really trying to get your hands dirty and really trying to make some change. So just give us give us an idea of where, where, where you well, play a role in all this. You're leaving out one important part of that, and we also got the My Board lawyers involved. Mm -hmm. This was about three years ago when the, uh, when the new ordinance went. We sent them a copy, and we worked with the lawyers, and a couple of them came down to a couple of public meetings and, and wrote a letter actually to the health department. So... Uh, yeah, I've been to a lot of, as well as all realtors, have been to a lot of public meetings on it and made suggestions. Uh, originally, there was, I think in the ordinance, uh, something about when you sell a house, 
you have to have the realtor be involved as far as an affidavit on how many bedrooms are in that house. So what they were using us for is to police uh, police that system. So we got the health department to kick that out. So I, had, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Right. Are you saying the health department was using realtors yes. for that? Yeah, uh -huh. that's the police. Sure. We said hello. I thought realtors <laughs> only us, bought and sold us, houses. I didn't know. Give us a badge and give us a gun, and we'll go do that. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was in the ordinance at one time. Wow, it was in black and white. That oh, yeah. realtor. This yeah. is a, a, yeah. a task for yeah. the realtors in yeah. Brown County. We need an affidavit to go with the title work. <laughs> saying that this is a two-bedroom septic and it's a two-bedroom house. Well, that, that's not our job. Right. So anyway, we got that cleared up and we got that out of the ordinance. Uh, there's a couple more things that really put the burden on, on the real estate people, but we got, we're, we're happy with it now, I think. So uh, I'm going to put you in the spot, Bob. Okay, do it. All right, I want to see your level of, of greed versus your level of care for your community. Are you fighting for this just so you can sell more houses? Or are no, you fighting for uh, this because you think it's for the betterment for, for of the community? No, we're health, we're, I'm fighting it just for a healthy mm -hmm. healthy place to live in Brown County. Yeah, for just uh, modernizing and, yeah, and sure. for a comfortable yeah, way of yeah. life in Brown County. Right. Are there a lot of subdivisions outside of Nashville? No, there's not very many. Yeah. No, not at all. What are some popular subdivisions outside of Nashville? Outside of Nashville, there's one up on 135. I forget the name of it, but it's, it's a fairly new development. Uh, there is also one that put their own system in going to Bloomington on the left-hand side, leaving Nashville on the left-hand side, Town Hill Road. A developer went up there and bought some land, and he put his own septic system in. Uh, there's probably about, I'm guessing, 15 homes up there, and and that works too. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's... We we are starting a, uh, I forget the name of the commission, but they're working on, we've got Helmsburg and we've got uh, Bean Blossom. Helmsburg's got a system that's very small, and because of the size of their system, their utility bills and septic's about $85 a month. Bean Blossom down here, down the road on 45, uh, it has no septic system. It's got the Bill Monroe campground. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got a new retail uh, Dollar General, somebody there. So they, they have to manage their own. So we're working on this thing. If we can't get that from Helmsburg down to Bean Blossom working together, and by doing that, you'll get more users. By doing that, you'll reduce the cost of, of the utilities. So I got to I got to admit, Bob, when you say they have to manage their own, that makes me anxious, scary, and and I hate scary. to feel like I don't have faith in my fellow man, scary. but I just I get anxious about accountability. You know, when it, the, when it comes to these things. The thing you got to be careful of down there is uh, on a contingency. When you write an offer for 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 a for a piece of property that you're going to build on, there's always an uh, it's always in the purchase agreement saying it, it is contingency on getting a three three bedroom septic, two bedroom septic, or four bedroom septic, and that's and we've lost deals because the terrain again. Yes, you can build a two bedroom. There's enough room to build a two bedroom, but I want to build a four bedroom, so I'll walk on that and go someplace where I can. Uh, it's it it's a puzzle, and and that's frustrating too because most. I mean, most families are at least a three-bedroom. At least. Right? And it's but, but in Brown County, you get a lot of retired people. Sure, sure. Single, single people, 35 well, old people like me. Sure. That want to retire down there. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, 
and, and, and they also now have an affidavit that when 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 a couple retired couple buy a house, and uh, they're only going to use you know very little compared to family with four, they can go in and sign an affidavit saying I'm using it. It's a two bedroom. Sure, but it's. It's fun, but it's a puzzle. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? No. Sure <laughs> you can. Well, you're on the podcast, so you, you have to. You, you agreed to that. Okay. Is Brozini's pizza the best pizza in the country? I don't want to make a comment on that. <laughs> you don't like Brozini's pizza? Well, there's a lot of pizza places in Nashville. So oh, you don't I, want to play I, favorites. I, and I got a lot of friends in Nashville, I hear too. So. That's, that's very it's diplomatic. Good. Very it's diplomatic. good. It's we, good. Bob Crone, the politician, everyone. I don't know of any bad pizzas in Nashville. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so have you ever had to, uh, you have a client, and you've, you've been up front and completely transparent about this, but have you ever had a client have to, you know, pull out? Like, you, oh, yeah. you, you've said it, and it's just too much. It's too yeah. much work. Yeah. It's too much responsibility. Yeah. 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 Especially on a fail septic. Yeah, sure. That, that, that's what kills the deal. And, and again, usually... It's low-income people. God bless them because we need them. I'm not. I'm not knocking them, but it's usually the failed septics are a low-income family, and they don't have money to fix it up. Right. Or so, time. Or time. Yeah. Uh, so it's. Yeah, we've lost deals. Sure. Uh, some of them we've worked out. Yeah. And some of them we haven't. And uh, we always work with the health department. They're pretty fair, uh, but they have a job to do too. Uh, yeah. So it's working together. Let me ask you something else that's just com completely out of the blue, and it's it's very topical. What's your cicada situation down there right now? I don't. <laughs> it's not too bad. I, I don't, don't think. Yeah. I we hear them. We live in a in a, in a small development in Nashville. We hear them constantly, but I think I've seen two. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I see more in the front of my car. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm killing them, I guess. Yeah, something's <laughs> happening. Sure, uh, sure. It's it's not bad at all. I've seen pictures where they're really bad yeah. in Brown County. Yeah, okay. So I, I uh, it's not bothering us. Compared to when I remember 17 years ago, they oh, were it? really bad. You had to, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture the other day of somebody's on a motorcycle with a full beard coming down to Brown County. His beard was full of cicadas. Uh, <laughs> dead bugs yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, uh, you're lying to yourself if you don't understand the community that is Central Indiana and how much we rely on Brown County and Brown County relies on us, whether you're talking about Marion County or the Donut Counties and how we are all a delicate ecosystem. So now my question to you is, what can we do? What can we do to, to help this septic issue and get Brown County in the... I, I guess understanding the situation, number one, and kind of being on the same music as most people in Brown County, let's have a healthy community to live in. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, uh, it's about all uh, all you can do except be very careful if you come down and buy. And we'd love you to come down and buy, but do some research. Uh, work with a good realtor that knows the problems and maybe knows how to solve the problems. Work with you. How's right. that sound? I'll take Just it. work with Bob Curling. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, all right, I wanted to get that subject thing because I, I think it's so important. And it's so. And I, I like what you it said. It is important. Get educated, yeah. right? Yeah. About right. most things in life. Like, Just get educated, right. you know? Before you open your mouth, get educated, right. and then open your That's mouth, right. Right? right? All right, everyone. We're going to take a quick break to hear from the MyBoar Updates. Hello, everyone. I am Jamie Barb, and welcome to the MyBoar Update. 
As part of MyBoard's increased focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, we continue to offer members unique educational and informative webinars to engage in meaningful conversations and provide steps we can each take to recognize and address racism, fair housing, and other discriminatory issues. Join us virtually on Tuesday, July 20th from 1.30 to 2.30 to hear again from renowned national speaker Marky Lemons Ryall, who will present Bridge the Gap Now with Intentional Inclusion 2.0. This is a continuation of the conversation we began in April, where we examine the past, present, and discuss possible solutions for our future. Visit myboard.com to register and for more information. Let's meet up and do some good. Join MyWar Next Gen and local real estate professionals at Sun King in Carmel on Thursday, July 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. Bring a box of tissue to be donated to Teachers Treasures, an amazing local nonprofit that obtains and distributes school supplies free to teachers of students in need. Visit MyWar Next Gen on Facebook to let us know you're coming. Realtor Action Day, RAD, is coming up on July 16th. RAD was created to provide MyWar Realtor members with the opportunity to give back to their communities through placemaking and quality of life projects and to help encourage volunteerism across the MyWar region. On RAD, Realtors will volunteer at nine different locations making a notable and combined impact within our communities. Stay tuned for your opportunity to plug in on a project. More information available at mybor.com forward slash ECDC. Are you frustrated with low inventory? Join us on Thursday, July 29th from 2 to 2.30 p.m. for a live webinar presented by Domus Analytics, just for MyBoard members. Take a short 30 minutes to learn how to use market insight stats to help you communicate the challenges of low inventory market with your buyer clients. Visit your MyBoard VLC dashboard today to register. License to Thrill, a party for the Realtor Foundation is coming July 23rd to Silo Auto Club. Grab your black sunglasses and have your martini, shaken, not stirred, with the James Bond-inspired night of fun and networking to benefit the Foundation's mission. Tickets are just $40 and are on sale now at realtorfoundation.org. And that's all today for your Marber Update. And now, back to our interview with Bob Curlin. All right, so now we get to learn about Bob Curlin. <coughs> oh, boy. Um, I'm, I can't wait. I, I've known you for a while, but just on a very surface we have, level. Yeah, we have, yeah. Um, how long have you been in the industry? I got in the industry when I turned 65. Okay. So now I'll be 80 in November, so about, what, 15, uh, 14 years? 14 years? About 14 years. Sure. Uh-huh. And what did you do Love before it. that? Oh, golly. Uh, I've been all over the the, the job market. Uh, my first job, I started in the men's apparel business. Uh, in, in college, I went to Franklin College. And I saw, as I worked at this men's store, Whitesides, which is a famous uh, Can I interrupt store. you real quick? Yes. Franklin? Franklin, Indiana? Franklin, Indiana. Charming, beautiful. Charming. I, I, I saw it for the first time earlier this year. They've done a lot of work there. Have they? Oh, man. Their downtown is so nice yeah. and walkable, and there's cute storefronts. It reminds me a lot of Nashville. And I bet they, I'm sure that was very much they, delivered. They have, uh, they've come a long ways. So, sorry. Anyway. You went to Franklin? I went to Franklin, worked in a men's store, and I, I saw these... I call them kind of upper end rich people coming in to the store selling, selling to the store owners apparel. They always had a Cadillac. They always looked dressed well, cufflinks, you know, the whole deal. I'm thinking, you know, when I grow up, mm-hmm. I'm going to try that. Sure. And uh, went to Franklin, got drafted in the army, and then uh, right before I got in the army, I sent. I still have them. 
I found them the other day. I have 36 letters that I sent to the apparel companies. Jansen, Arrow, McGregor, uh, that were the brands back in the old days. Yeah, I went to Franklin College. Okay. Yeah, uh, give me the timeline. You went to Franklin College, you graduated. I graduated from high school in 59. Okay. Uh, from a little town, which will start there, and then we'll kind of go about how I got to Brown County, I Let's guess. Let's go, yeah. Uh, my town, uh, there was 14 people in my graduating class, of which I was president of the class. Uh, it was in a little town in Wayne County called Milton, Indiana. It's in Wayne County, which is Richmond, Indiana. Okay. We had about, a, at the time, about a 180-acre farm, which I grew up on. Uh, and of course, in Milton, as in small towns, basketball was big. I was about to say, uh, 14, class of 14, hopefully you got class, to start on the class team. Class of 14, and our, <laughs> our big deal was in 1950. And remember, folks, listen to this, because this is a big deal. 1954, the Milton Sharpshooters beat the Richmond Red Devils in the sectional. All right. And that was the same year Milan won the, won the state. But anyway, that's the claim to flame. Oh, from Hoosiers. 54, from Hoosiers. Yeah, yeah. cool. Okay. Are you Jimmy Chitwood? Well, no, not oh, yet. you're not. Okay. I may, I may be, though, <laughs> later years. Anyway, uh, from my idol in that, in that team in 1954, I went to Franklin College. Mm -hmm. And you know how you all of a sudden want to gravitate and be just like somebody else? Oh, I totally. wanted to be just like Frank Heidi. Mm -hmm. I went to Franklin College. First Curlin to ever go to college, uh, ever. And I graduated in 1964. What did you go to college for? Uh, physical education. Mm -hmm. All I wanted to do was Indiana High School basketball coach. Never made it. A true Hoosier. Now, there, were, there was, were mom and dad shocked? Or did they want you to be uh, on the farm? Or I mean, mom, and dad didn't care. mom and dad didn't care. They just wanted the best for me. Sure, great. My brother, the good news is my brother stayed on the farm. Mm -hmm. uh, He's retired now, and I'm still working, so sure. that tells you something mm -hmm. about the farm. Uh, in 64, during Vietnam, the uh, Army drafted me, uh, and I got sent to Fort Sam Houston. To, uh, I got sent to uh, Fort Knox for basic training. Even though you were actively in college, you still got drafted? No. The, by law, they couldn't draft you with that 30 days after you graduated. Oh, okay. So 30 days after you graduated, that's when I got my uh, wow. papers to Wow, so report. they got you in that window. They got me. Wow. Uh, what's, so funny, you, what's funny is I tried to join the reserves because if you're in the reserves, you don't go on active duty. Sure. All, all of them were full. Yeah, of course they were. All of them of were course. full. Everybody yeah. else was doing the same thing. So this is going to be funny. It's a funny story. Uh, so anyway, I went, I went basic training for about six months, I think. It's been six months or six five-second interview with you, private crew and reporting for duty. Guy says, understand you're a college graduate. Yes, sir. Understand you majored in physical education. Yes, sir. So I go home, back to the farm, and I get papers to fly to San Antonio, Texas, Fort Sam Houston, Texas. Never been on an airplane in my life. Farm boy from Indiana, right? And I played baseball at Franklin College, and when I did sort of a search Back then, we didn't have computers. I don't know how I searched, but I found out that Fort Sam Houston, they sent all the jocks to Fort Sam Houston. So I'm going to San Antonio, Texas to play baseball, right? Yeah, cool. So I get on an airplane, fly down to San Antonio, Texas, and again, report five-second five, five interview again, private curl reporting for duty. The guy says, looks like you're a college graduate. And I said, yes, sir. He says, looks like you're a physical therapist. And I'm thinking, a physical therapist? <laughs> Sure. There can't be a lot of demand in Vietnam for physical. Yes, sir, I'm a physical therapist. He says, take these scrubs. I didn't know what scrubs were. 
Take these scrubs, report over to Fort Sam Houston, Texas, Brook Army Medical Center, fourth floor, SRU, Surgical Research Unit. So the next morning I put on these ugly... And are you just acting like you know what all these things are? Just like nodding? <laughs> no, no, of I... course, SRU, yeah, that's where I'll <laughs> this go. This is sure. me. Yeah, yeah. So I report to SRU, fourth floor, Brook Army Medical Center, open up a door, and I smell the darndest smell I've ever smelled in my life. It was a burn unit. So I go past all these patients that are burned and all the way back to the physical therapist room reporting for duty. Spent there for two years and I loved every minute of it. Sure. It was, it was, uh, it was tough. Uh, we got a lot of race car drivers down there. Uh, Bobby Marshman died in that clinic. Uh, Jim Herderbees was down there for a long while. Him and I had actually good friends. Wow. Uh, to this, of course he's dead now, but mm -hmm. uh, Jim and I grew up real good friends. So anyway, I spent two years there, and then I sent my 36 letters out to the apparel company, and sure. I got two back, Jansen and McGregor Sportswear. Mm -hmm. Jansen offered me a job in Chicago as a sales trainee for $600 a month. McGregor offered me $500 a month for St. Louis, and I, I, I took the McGregor job. So to answer your question, I was in the apparel business for 30 years, living in Cincinnati. The last 10 years, we opened up our own business. There were four of us that put our money in and opened up uh, an apparel business, importing product from the Orient. Sure. Uh, and we, we did well. So would uh, you would you hit the road and go uh, to stores and, and yeah, try to yeah, sell there's that? there's only two salesmen. Sure. Two, two owners. Sure. You know, there's four of us on and two of us was in sales. We'd go to Hong Kong uh, twice a year. We would shop Europe uh, twice a year. You're not on the farm in Milton anymore, no, Bob. No. Hong no, Kong? No, no. I'm, that I'm, had to be I, a culture shock. They don't have a lot of hamburgers in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, the last 10 years were very good. We, we had sold products to Kohl's, to Target. It's all private label. And uh, I got a letter from Delta congratulating me on flying a million miles. It was a nice pen and pencil set. That was the gift. Mm -hmm. About two days later, it was Christmas, and the doctor called me and says, congratulations, you got prostate cancer. And I looked at my wife and I says, I can't do this anymore. I was actually in a helicopter crash in Chicago. I was in a crash land landing in uh, Pittsburgh over the years. So I said, okay, that's it. I, I, I'm not, I, I can't, can't do it anymore. So anyway, I had them buy me out. In the meantime, two of our sons went to IU. And we would, of course, being from Indiana originally, I always wanted to get back to IU. Of so course. we would always stay at Brown County and loved it, uh, like most people. Uh, so we made a visit down to Brown County. We're driving back to Cincinnati, and my wife, Chris, God love her, says, I think we ought to open up a store in Brown County. And I said, you're nuts. I can't do that. Why, so, why was that such a... Uh, well, moving number one. Oh, okay. Out okay. of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. uh, leaving. But just, it was, it shocked me. And I said, well, let's look into it. So anyway, we looked into it. We opened up a retail store in Brown County. So that's how we got there. That's sort of destiny, I, I think. Uh, we were back to Indiana. We were close to Franklin and we were close to IU and... Uh, so we had a store for 10 years, and I turned 65, didn't know what I was going to do, and knew some people in real estate. I was actually on town council, 
I didn't tell anybody that I was going to take the test for real estate knowing I would never pass it. So I went to Ivy Tech over in Columbus, took the, took, uh, the classes, and uh, went up to Indianapolis and took the test. And I, I just, I was down. Lowest I think I've ever been. Yeah. Uh, half the test, I guess. The other half, I, I, I pretty much knew. So I'm going out the door, and he says, you want to know your score? And I says, I do not want to know. I don't want to hear it. He yeah. says, you passed. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? So anyway, I went back to Brown County. And I interviewed with a couple of uh, real estate companies there. Both of them very good, by the way. And Chris says, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm going to wait to see which one calls me back. And uh, at the time, Hills of Brown, which is now Carpenter, did call me back, and I, I've been with them ever since, and I absolutely love it. I, I sort of wish that I didn't see the big Cadillac driving in front of these big stores. Sure. I sort of wish I would have started uh, when I got out of the Army in real estate, because I absolutely love it. I, I love people. Uh, so that's my history of getting to Brown County. And getting a real estate license. First things first, uh, you don't need a podcast. You need a major motion picture to tell <laughs> no, your story. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. No. Um, you are world traveled. Uh, I can't believe what your family had to just be completely taken aback. You're in San Antonio talking to race car drivers, and then you're in Chicago and Cincinnati and Hong Kong. Yep. Uh, that had to just be. I, you know, I never, my, of course, my mom and dad's gone, but I never really know what they thought of me that, that wasn't important but but why is it why isn't that important to you well i you know it just wasn't sure. I, I, I was so busy that uh, uh i think they were proud of me but but i don't know uh that's why as a parent if you've got any listing make sure you tell your children that you are very very proud of them and what they do uh the, the toughest story to tell is, and I, the reason I say it is, uh, our son, uh, oh, probably about 10 years ago, went to IU, and he worked for the Cincinnati, got an internship with the Cincinnati Reds. If I'm babbling, stop me, by the I'm way. I'm not, oh, no, no, you go. <laughs> uh, he, he lived in Cincinnati, worked for the Reds in their public relations department, and was very good at it. I uh, went to IU and worked for Cincinnati Reds, uh, and then uh, one Christmas, he called up his mom and she said, make me an appointment with an eye doctor, I want to start wearing contacts, which we did, and that was at Christmas Eve, and Christmas Eve, I'm in the store, and she says, shut the store, we're heading to Indianapolis to see a brain surgeon. Uh, so about six years ago, we lost him. He was 36 years old, he's a great kid, uh, just... Uh, just a phenomenal person, uh, but that's that's been very very difficult on both of us. But I I, I really believe that there's a reason for everything, <clears throat> and we since have started a club, not a club. It's a group called Compassionate Friends. We meet once a month in in Brown County. We get Columbus people, we get Bloomington people, and we we meet and talk about uh, uh, children that we have lost. And that's, that's just been so rewarding. And so uh, he was up at Methodist for six, six months and one day. And driving up here on 135, I can tell you the spot where Methodist called me to tell us our son had passed. 
So that's uh, that's why I say I was just about to hug your kids, yeah. adore your kids, and tell them how great they are. I think that's probably the most important thing we're going to yeah. talk about today. Isn't probably it? right. Not about real yeah. estate no. or septic. No. That's it's, it's all that's all nothing. Right. It's all no. details no. now. No. Wow. But I miss him. I, I visit him every day. Uh, the last words that he spoke, uh, we had a retired minister at Methodist stop by and see him, and Chuck was nonverbal. Uh, he had had three major surgery done within a six period, six year period, and I looked at Chuck and I said, "Would you like to say the Lord's Prayer with with the Randy minister?" And he says, "Yes." That kid said the Lord's Prayer and didn't miss one word. Sure. So the way I get through my day, I visit him every day that I'm in town. We've got a little bench there, and I talk to him, and him and I say the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. That's how I get through my day. Sure. So anyway, that's that's not real estate. That's... And are you guys watching Reds games together too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I got to say, I mean, the kid was a winner. He was a winner. I, kids grow up dreaming yeah. to sell peanuts at Great American Ballpark, let right. alone work, work for the there. actual organization, especially fresh out of college. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was looking for health benefits the, out of college, the, let alone. The, the problem was his apartment was $500 in Cincinnati, and the Reds, his, uh, I forget how much he made, but they charged him. $50 parking. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but but that's an intern. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those jobs, like, you're lucky to be here, so just appreciate the opportunity, yeah. you know. It's not about the money, it's about the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to go back, and I'm not I'm not asking Bob Curlin of 2021. I'm asking Bob Curlin of uh, when you were working in um, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your sales philosophy? You know, you go on the road, and you meet this complete stranger, and you're trying to sell them something what was your philosophy what was your values I, how how were you good at what you did that's a good question and i thought about that believe me for over the many years and there's one thing that i will never forget uh about sales and bob curlin uh on the farm i think i was between 10 and 12 years old dad and i were out and i don't know why i remember this but dad and i were out repairing a uh combine or something and a salesman come up good friends of my dad and started talking to my dad and he started I don't know and he looked at this guy and he says if you ever want a salesman you ought to hire that guy right there and he pointed at me and I just like I probably didn't even know what a salesman was at 10 or 15 but through the years uh, I, I just developed a, a, a sense of, of selling it's all I've ever done. Uh, when I was on the farm, I'd sell tickets for 4-H banquet. Uh, when I went to college, uh, I would sell whatever I had to sell for the attorney house. Uh, so, so I've been in sales all my life. Uh, there's a couple of things that I try to follow. <clears throat> Number one is the golden rule. Every time I get in a situation, I, I go to the other side of the table and I'm thinking, now, how would I feel? with what I'm going to say. I think that's so important. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is anticipation. Uh, of wh- anticipate what's going on in a transaction ahead of time. Uh, that's, that's number two. Number three is I, I, my philosophy in life is if you're going to do something, do it right or don't do it. Sure. And I, and I preach that to my son. And he was a good example of, of, of that saying. So 
I don't know. I love people. Uh, I've got sort of a joke in the office. I do, when I'm working, before I work with somebody, I, of course I get their name. I, first thing I do is go on Facebook and kind of get their background if I can find it. Then I also subscribe to a place called White Pages, which is $4.99 a month. And I pull this guy's name up, or woman, or couple, whoever, and I kind of find out their history because in White Pages you can find out if they lived in Cincinnati, you can find out if they lived in St. Louis, you can find out if they have three kids or four kids. So you already know before you meet them. Uh, and I try to get to see if they graduated from IU or Purdue. Mm -hmm. If they graduated from Purdue, you don't I've, work with them. I, I've got a Purdue shirt that I wear. Oh, okay. If they're from IU, I've got an IU shirt. That's sort of a joke in the office. but. Uh, and you, you know them before they enter your office, or you know them before they meet. You know they had four kids. They know, and, and what's what's unbelievable is uh, somebody lived in San Antonio, Texas. And I mentioned, I said, you lived in San Antonio. How did you know that? I said, well, I spent some Army time down. Were you in the Air Force? Yeah, I was. How did you know that? So you get a rapport. Yeah, you're connecting with that you person get a right off the bat. And they, they trust you, hopefully. It doesn't work all the time, but uh, when I was with Levi Strauss, uh, they had a week training session of sales. And the two things, two things that I remember is the sales begins when the buyer says no. I think that's actually a book. Uh, and the other thing is when you have major meetings, which is kind of interesting, and I've kind of lived by this, if you have a major meeting coming up, Find out how many's coming to that meeting. If there's two, you bring three. If there's four, you bring five. And and that's kind of kind of worked for me. Is that's uh, like a power dynamic? Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Um. So decades ago, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have resources no. to go no. on Facebook and see where they're you from. No and blah, blah 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 blah. Yeah. You so was back then when you didn't have those resources, was there uh, like certain questions that you could ask that person that? Even though it'd be a simple answer, you could work a lot with that. You know, uh, you could say, "I don't know what what's your favorite ball team," and they could say it, and you could say, "I can tell that they care about this." So you know what I mean? Right. Was there some yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, probing? All probing, probing. Yeah. Uh, so what what was yeah. some probing questions back then that would kind of give you the they intel? They were about of, the same, but I was sort of shooting from the hip and didn't know because sure. I couldn't do the research that I did before. Right. Uh, a, a, a quick story on on traveling. Uh, out of since out of uh, actually my first territory was West Virginia, and that was an interesting uh, interesting life down there. Uh, I'll never forget one buyer when I called on him. He says, uh, "Did you buy or rent?" And I said, "I rent. It's a good idea." He says, "We've got a turnpike with three lanes. A lot of salesmen get killed on that turnpike." <laughs> wow. He says, "I'm glad you didn't buy." Wow. Okay. So that was my first introduction to West Virginia. Yeah. The other one was, which is kind of a funny story, back then I didn't have a big car, I had a little one, so I ran a U-Haul trailer and put all my samples in the U-Haul trailer, and I'm heading up to And these uh, are like shirts Kentucky. and pants? Right, and, pants, yeah. 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 So I'm going up to Kentucky, Hazard, Kentucky. I leave at 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm driving, 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 Pikeville, Kentucky, and I'm finally, I think I'm there, but I'm lost. So I stopped at the gas station. And I said, could you tell me how to get the hazard? Sure, you go here, here, here. Of course, you didn't have the uh, phone that you could look on the uh, app to find out. 
So he told me, gave me pretty good directions. About, Bob, do you, about, do you, about 11 o'clock at night. Well, do you understand how scary it sounds? <laughs> if you told me that I just needed to drive somewhere in Kentucky and I had no access to any internet or phone, that's had, a, that would be terrifying. All you had was a map. I mean, that, that's so anyway, now, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You go ahead. This is a great story. At go 11 ahead. o'clock at night, I'm up on a hill on a dead end. That's where he sent me. So I finally slept in the car, got my map out, and got to Hazard, Kentucky, and I'm telling this buyer my story. And he's laughing, he his you know what all. And I said, well, it really wasn't funny, sir. He says, let me ask you a question. Did you buy anything? I said, no, I just asked for directions. I didn't need anything. He says, I hope you learned a lesson. Wow. So if I ever go into a filling station, I'll buy a pack of gum, and then I ask for directions. I do, I do that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I always just felt like <laughs> I, I nothing is free in life, so don't nothing. assume that. No. You know, like, no. that's the incentive, right? right? I bought this, so now you kind of yeah, owe you can me. help me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I've always... I, yeah. That's interesting. I'll never forget that. Um, so I just, I have to say, I mean... What is there some values that you had 20, 30 years ago that even though technology has changed and people has changed and the way we interact has changed that still are just as useful today as they were 30 years ago? I don't think I have learned anything new about sales that I already didn't know years ago. Uh, probably one of the things which I did not add was common sense. Mm-hmm. That's so important in life, but more important than sales. It's just common sense. This house, he wants to sell it for half a million. It's on a tax roll for 150. That common sense thing, that's not good. Let's meet the middle. So I can't say that I've really, and I will tell you, Carpenter's got a great, great training training uh, platform. Sure. I don't go to him. I hate to say that, say, but, but I really, sure. uh, not that I know it all, but, but, but I, I don't want to change. I've been semi-successful, and I've had failures too, don't get me wrong. But I, uh, I'm kind of a stubborn guy. I don't like change. I like success. Right. That's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when Carpenter bought us, uh, I went around the offices, I hate change. Sure, sure. <laughs> And I don't, uh, I like success, and I don't like change. Yeah. So that's... Uh, so I'm guessing there was more than one occasion where you pack up the car, pack up the U-Haul, drive miles and miles and miles, and get rejected, and then you got to turn around with your tail between your legs. Yep. And that whole drive home, you're probably replaying it over and over and over, or what, what goes on in your head? I look at my, I look at what's going on the next day. You really do? You yeah. don't You don't dwell no. on what no. you did wrong? No, and I don't, no. Maybe I can call them and get back no. out there? No. no. Why not? I mean, what, you, you, what are you going to win? Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't there. This wasn't you, meant to be. In sales, you have, you, have to, you have to put the guy you're selling up here, and you're kind of down here. So a good example is if, if I go to sell a store on Thursday, and the guy says, I thought the appointment was Friday, you agree with him. Right. You, don't, you don't sit there and fight him. Yeah. Say, oh, yeah, you're right. I'll come back next week or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I want to get into real estate then. Yes. Um, because, you know, I, I feel like um, 
you know, this the whole mission of this podcast is to, is to discover who is the the realtor. You know, because realtors come in all shapes and sizes, but I believe a successful realtor share a lot of common values. You know, you, you might go about different ways, but you have values that help you succeed in this industry. So you have you have a career of experience going into real estate, which is unique. You're, you're one of the first guests that I've had where you got into real estate so right. late. Right. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't like you were brand new. You had been selling your whole life. You right. just kind of pivoted to a different Changed industry. Changed what I was selling. Yeah. <clears throat> so what was different? How is real estate different than going to a, a sporting goods store and trying to get them to pick up your line? What, how, is, how is it different? Good question. Uh, I don't know if I know the answer. I, I don't think there's a lot of difference. I, I think in real estate there's a lot, lot more details yeah. than it was just selling a jacket or selling a shirt. And it uh, feels like there's more cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, there's just yeah. more people involved, which there's of course it makes things more complicated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more details. I, somebody told me the other day that all you do is take a listing and then sell it and take your check and put it in the bank and you're done. Well, you're not done. Uh, the also the, the thing that kind of I sold a house today. Well, did you close? No, no, I haven't closed yet. You haven't sold yeah. a house yet. Yeah. Until you get that commission. Don't check. pat yourself on the back yet. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Toot your horn when you sell it and get your check. So. So I, so to answer your question, a lot more details. You really have to. Uh, pictures are so important anymore in in, in retail. The write up is so so important. Uh, the way you get to the directions to get to the house, uh, I try, and I'm not very good at this, but instead of saying go to go to 45, turn left, and look on the right, I kind of want to put the miles in. You go three miles on 135, you turn left and go another four miles on 46, right. 145. Yeah. Detail. Yeah. To help that customer know exactly. Uh, of course, with the with the new mobile app where you. Can, can put the address in. You don't need that anymore. But sure. There's a lot of people that don't have that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like, for for lack of better words, you just like to keep things simple. Simple. And so, I'm going to give you a, a hypothetical. Make aliens. It, make it simple. Well, aliens land on planet Earth, yeah. and they come to you and they say, describe this process of sales. What would you? How would you define the process of sales? Oh, boy. In I... the most simplest terms to explain it to someone who has no understanding of it. Do they speak English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, no language barriers here. They just want to understand the whole idea of sales. Idea because of sales. sales, sales, I think, is so much personal satisfaction. Uh, you, you work hard. Uh, you go home at night and you say your prayers. You get up the next day and you work hard again. Uh, but when you, the end results and the buyer says, yes, I want to buy three dozen of shirts, you want two dozen last year, that's personal satisfaction, which is not like working in a factory or not like uh, other things that are going on. Uh, it's a very, very rewarding business, I think, in sales because you can pat yourself on the back and say, I sold this guy a house. He's very happy. I'm happy. Uh, I, I, that's a tough question uh, to describe sales. Uh, well, because it's I, a good question, but I. Well, it just it feels like when you say I'm a salesman, there's a negative connotation with that. You know, it's almost like a salesman manipulates people and and takes advantage of them and tries to get as much money out of that person by used car salesman. Yeah. Yeah, just that whole vibe, that whole yeah. stigma that yeah. we're, we're we're always fighting against, and how I kind of see that 
is I have a four-year-old and people, you know, mainly my wife or people close to me will say, wow, do you really offer Rose an ice cream if she behaves in school or if she is in a, and, and are you bribing her? And I'm like, it's an incentive. Incentives make the world go around. That's right. That's the reason you go to work is the incentive I'm getting paid. So right. take this negative aspect out of it. It's an incentive. Yeah. It's, it's a motivation. Right. And I feel like sales is the same thing. Every, everyone's a salesman. In one way or another, one way or you're, you're constantly selling something to somebody. You know, the second you talk to somebody, right. you're selling either you, you as a person or you're right. selling your ideas. So I, I guess I just wanted you to kind of uh, build you, on... You just described it pretty good. <laughs> was that, maybe that was my plan, is yeah. hopefully he'll let me step up and be here. Yeah. 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 But I just, I, I've noticed how you've just been uh, sincerely kind of just explaining your, 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 your past, and you think of that negative connotation, and, you know, I want to I get rid of that, because it, it's, it's, everybody's a salesman, or you should be. You should be selling something all the time. It's, it's part of what we do. Um, but I do want to go back... Uh, Ernie, we don't have to go back. A time in your in your history, though, where a sale, you felt bad. You felt like maybe they were emotionally not prepared for that, and you might have taken advantage of them, or you you feel like you got taken advantage of, and you you know I'm always thinking of you in this car driving home, just you and your thoughts, thinking about what, uh, how that played yeah, out. There was one area, one instant, which is really interesting. When we opened up our own apparel business. We were the importer to this store, any store, let's say Kohl's, for example, which is a very good example. We became friends with Kohl's, and we made one mistake. We invited a Kohl's buyer to go to the Orient with us on a buying trip, okay? Well, guess what? Two years later, they cut us out because we taught them how to input products. And he met those contacts and cut and you I, and out. We, and we lost, we lost the whole business. Yeah. Uh, Back then, there wasn't the importer. The big stores did not import product because they didn't know how to. It's a tough thing. There's quotas on sweaters. There's quotas on shirts. There's 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 specs that you have to get. And we're sitting with Target one time, and I'll never forget this. Uh, the, the 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 maker, which is the factory over in the Orient, was sitting with us, and we showed him a, a rugby shirt. And, the, and we priced the, they priced it out to us for twelve dollars landed twelve dollars and fifty cents. Okay, and Target we take it to Target and say, okay, it's going to be we added our our margins. It'll be at twelve seventy five. He says that's too much. Can you go down? And the maker says, yeah, we'll make the shirt smaller. <laughs> well, that really wasn't what what it was about. Right, right. But they. They they were not thinking about trying to get the order. They were thinking about how they could get it get it down. The only way they knew was to make the shirt smaller, which was kind of ridiculous. But do you uh, take that personally? No, you can't, can you? No, it's no. the nature of the beast. Maker's got to make a living too. I've got to make a living, and he's got to make a living. So, yeah. Uh, so going into real estate, uh, sixty-five. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're you're older than your peers, right? A lot of people get into real estate. I, I, I think twenties, thirties, forties. Yeah. Were you intimidated? Were you? Uh, did you feel like a fish out of water? Or man, maybe I've made a huge mistake. Maybe I should go back to textiles where no. I, I know the nature. No. Or... As I said earlier, I wish I would have got in earlier. Sure. You just loved it that much. Yeah. What, what did you yeah. love so much about it? People. Yeah. Community. You're making what you're doing is you're helping people make a major, major decision in your in their life. 
probably the biggest thing they're ever going to own is a house. I think it's the biggest. I really and, do. And you got to help them. You got to guide them. You got to. Uh, the other thing I try to do during showings is it actually before when I walk through by myself, I look at the negatives of the home and the positive of the home. When that buyer enters that house and they say, oh, this is a small kitchen, I've got to come back with a positive. Right. Yeah, but don't you love the floor? Yeah, that's a nice floor. Yeah. So, uh, again, that's, like I said, anticipation. That's mm -hmm. part of anticipation mm -hmm. also. Uh, but uh, it's a major investment. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta, can't cut corners in it. Right. You can't say, oh, I didn't see that fail septic. Sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, if, if just pulling from our conversation at the beginning, you're a warrior for your community. You, you love your community. You embrace your community. You won't even declare a favorite pizza because you're so conscious I want to leave of this. Your... I want to leave this world better. There you go. Well, and, and you I... know, let's be honest. When you're, when you're pushing textiles in Hazard, Kentucky, you know, Hazard, Kentucky, that's great. But someday you're going to go home. Right. He, now, in this industry, you are strengthening the roots in your community. You're strengthening your community. And so that's, home. that's a, a whole positive right. that you didn't get in that previous right. industry. Right. Spent 12 years in town council and loved every minute of it. It was just politics. And that was, that was an interesting, and I loved it. I was president of town council in Nashville for probably eight years. And uh, that, that's, that's another funny story. Uh, I, I was on for 12 years. And and Chris says you, you got to get off. You're you're killing yourself. And I says no. I'm helping people. I, I'm. We, we did a lot of great projects uh, during my time. Not that I'm bragging, but we were all worked together. Uh, I think you've earned the right to brag a little and, bit. And and you had to have your application in on such and such a date. Let's say the 28th. So Chris and I prayed on it, saying, What are we going to do? What am I going to do? What do you want me to do? And finally. I said, all right, I'm going, to run an, I'm going to run another four years. So I had all my applications together. I had my signatures I needed. And on the way down to the courthouse, something happened. Uh, I can't remember what happened. But anyway, I walked in the courthouse at 12.05 in the afternoon. Okay? And the woman says, I can't take this. Too You're late. five minutes too late. Mm-hmm. It worked. I got off. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. She wouldn't take it, so I couldn't run. Yeah. But that's uh, a blessing. And if I hadn't stopped for something, I don't remember what it was, mm -hmm. uh, then I, I, I would have run another four years. Man, lost, I don't know. But <coughs> So we need, we, we need to uh, shine a light on a hero in your story, and that's your wife, Chris. You better believe it. So let's let's talk about Chris because I'm oh hearing this God. name come up a lot. And it sounds uh, like you wouldn't be where you are today without, without her. I saved she, her you life. saved her life. Yeah, sounds I like saved she saved life. your life more than once. Uh, living in Cincinnati, uh, where did we meet? We met in a bar, and uh, you were doing karaoke, and she uh, just went, couldn't resist. Carry, yeah. uh, I got a funny karaoke. Story, <laughs> let's let's go on to Chris. Uh, she's ten years younger than me. She's done a lot in her life. She worked. Uh, she worked for a judge in Hamilton, Ohio. I don't know if you know anything about Hamilton, Ohio, but it's pretty, pretty. Anyway, it's a town. Yeah. I don't want to knock Hamilton. Ohio. And we we got married. Uh, I was with Levi Strauss. Just joined them. Was in San Francisco. Uh, in in the train for a week. 
It was Friday afternoon. I was flying back and getting married that Saturday night. So the guy comes in and says, we're going to have to stay another day because we want to hit one more thing in training. And I looked at the guy and I said, I'm leaving this company. He says, you can't? What do you mean? You just started last week. Gut punch. I said, I'm getting married Saturday night. And I'm getting on a plane and I'm leaving. He says, okay. So we get married. The, the, the next sales meeting is in New York City the following Monday. So our honeymoon was in New York City at the UN Plaza. Great hotel. Right across from the UN. That night it started to snow. And within, I forget what year that was, but it was 28 inches of snow. Holy smokes. And that was our honeymoon. Uh, we actually had reservations for win uh, for dinner, Winners of the World, which no longer exists because mm -hmm. of the airplane. Uh, we didn't make that because of the snow. We had tickets to two Broadway shows. We made both of those. Uh, but New York was gorgeous. We had three nights in the U.N. Plaza. I mean, you're in New York City in a winter wonderland on your gorgeous. honeymoon? Gorgeous. That's a fairy tale. Gorgeous. But the woman you love... You know, like we got the UN Plaza for three nights, and then we're flying back to Cincinnati. Sure. We can't get out. We're out of money. I mean, that thing was back then, look, 125 bucks a night. Sure. So we go downtown to a dive, and stayed in that for. We had to stay there, I think, four nights. Uh, there was a disco called the Library on the first floor, so mm -hmm. we did dance and have fun. But cool. Chris's. Uh, when we got married, I said, hang on for the ride. And she, she's hung with me with every step that I have made. Uh, and she made the move, she suggested the move to Brown County, and I didn't. So if it wasn't for her, I have no idea where we, where we would be right now. Yeah. Uh, but she's, uh, she's, she's a great wife. She was a phenomenal mother. Uh, she recently just lost her mother. Her mother lived with us for about two years. And... Uh, but she's uh, she she's now just strictly staying at home and enjoying life. Sure, she's worked uh, all kinds of jobs. Uh, she used to run a racquetball club back when they were popular in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I don't, do they even have racquetballs I don't, I anymore? I never hear about racquetball. No, mm -hmm. that was big in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, she worked there for a while. She worked for the judge a while. Uh, and of course, she worked in our store. Uh, there's a uh, years ago home and garden. Home and Garden did an episode, the TV, uh, Home and Garden TV network. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did, a, did a show on Life is Good. And they, for some reason, the network called the Chamber of Commerce in, in Brown County and said, do you have anybody that would uh, would talk about themselves and the little changes in lives that they made? And says, yeah, Bob and Chris Curlin. Mm -hmm. So about... Uh, I don't know, like six months later, this guy called me up and says, would you be interested if we come down and film you? And I thought it was a scam, and I said, no, I don't think I'm interested. So two weeks later, he called me up again, and then I started checking in on the home and garden, and then life is good. So they came down and spent about three or four days with us and did an episode uh, on Bob and Chris Curlin and their retail store, which is kind of, it was kind of a neat area. And the, the funny part which I love, he said, what do you do? How do you relax? And I says, I relax on my deck when it's raining. Because I love to sit out on that deck and listen to the rain. And smell it. 
And I, I'm thinking that they're looking at me like, you're smoking dope. Why would, <laughs> why would anybody do that? <laughs> so we wrap it up, and guess what happens? Start training? Start training. Yeah. And we're at the store. He says, I'm going to go out to your house. I says, you said we're done. He yeah. says, I'm going to go out, I want you to sit on the deck. Well, we went out, sat on the deck, and at the end of the show, they showed the rain coming down. It, it was a great, great episode. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, is is yeah. it on the internet somewhere? Can we find it? No. Yeah. I can find it at my house. I got it sure. on a CD. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. No, it's uh, they did. A, it was a pretty good, pretty good show. Well, I'm so excited to hear the answer to this one. Um, I, 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 I today, today, how do you define success? Uh, family number one. Yeah. Happy family. A happy family. Uh, attitude that you put into yourself and money in the bank. Cadillac in the driveway? Cadillac. <laughs> Do they still make Cadillacs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, success is, is just being happy and enjoying what you're doing. Uh, you got to enjoy it. Uh, which I... I I've said many times, I think I really embrace people. I love people. Me too. And, and we, when I go on vacation, the guy next to me at the swimming pool, I'll start talking to him. Within a half an hour, we have something in common. Everybody's got a story. Isn't that the you truth? You know, you think you're so uh, isolated from people, but we're no, all, no, we're all... We're all, it's a small world. Yeah. You know, I always think about that when I'm on the highway, and you see someone, you go... All that person wants to do is just be happy. Right. They want to have a food in their belly, and they want to be happy. Right. They want to connect with, just like me. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really it's just as simple as that. It's, uh, it's an attitude. It's, mm -hmm. You can sit around and mope and not pay your bills. Uh, and you're saying success. you can be sitting on a mountain of cash, but if you got an unhappy family Family's who doesn't speak and love each other... Right. And you're not feeling good about who you are, then right. you know, then you're not successful. Yep. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question. <coughs> this is the final question, so I really need you to think about it. What was your favorite thing to eat in Hong Kong? And just for the listeners, I've been keeping track. Bob has name dropped Chicago, Hong Kong, Cincinnati, or Cincinnati. Cincinnati. New York City, West Virginia, Kentucky, oh, and San Francisco. And I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg. And San Antonio. I didn't even write that one down. It's San Antonio, Texas. But what did you... What You said there weren't a lot of cheeseburgers, and I'm sure you were a fish out of water when you saw some of the plates that got in front of you. What, what? I will tell you, I lost a weight in, lost, lost a lot of weight <laughs> in Hong Kong. I bet you did. I bet you did. The, uh, I didn't know this, but the honored guest, when you go to Hong Kong and you have fish, they get the head. <laughs> Is that right? Yippee. So for a joke... The, one of my partners ordered a fish and put the head in front of me. I got up and walked out of the restaurant. <laughs> I'm not hungry. I think I lost my appetite. Uh, I don't know. There was a dish that they called Hong Kong Hong Kong chicken. Okay. It was fish, or it was a chicken that was deep fat fried. And, and I liked it. Uh, the rice, rice I liked. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, it, it was really a struggle eating over there. Have you been able to find anything like that around yeah, here? Uh, uh, where, yeah. where did you find it here? The restaurant in Columbus. I want to eat it. It's uh, they don't call it Hong Kong chicken. They call it uh, I don't know what they call it. Okay, I, I don't remember. Yeah, but uh, Hong Kong's an interesting, interesting place. I really loved it. My karaoke story. I got to tell you. Though. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. In Hong Kong, you know, you can buy a lot of stuff cheap. And back, Hence, why you were there. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, 
and it, you walked in a bar in Hong Kong, and everyone was doing karaoke. That's actually where it started. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to buy a karaoke machine because it's going to be cheap. And was it not popular at all back in the States? No, or? Yeah, not sure. really. Sure. This was back in the 70s, mm -hmm. probably 78, 79. So I bought a very expensive, cheap Hong Kong karaoke, Sony or something, I don't remember what it was. Two speakers, gold microphones, you could adjust the microphones up and down or volume, and it was, it was the Cadillac. Got a Cadillac, a Cadillac of karaoke Cadillac. machines. Okay. And, and of course, put, got some records to go with it. And uh, got it through customs. Got home, set it up in my living room. Got the record out, put it on. The record was all Oriental uh, songs. In, in a different language? Different language. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's my karaoke show. That's great. Didn't even think about that. No, I never. <laughs> I wouldn't have either. Debbie Boone, you let up my that's what I want. Yeah, of course. Uh, Frank, All right. Frank Sinatra in New York, New York. Exactly, exactly. All right, Bob Curlin, thank you for being on here today. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. And I want to thank you for the, uh, the commitment that you make to this organization. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate you're, it. You're, you're constantly trying to help us. You're constantly emailing us. You're constantly working your job. And uh, I don't know if you've ever known, anybody's ever told you this, but I, for one, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bob. dedicated Bobby. person. From coming from you, that, that really means the world to me. Thank no you for problem. saying that. Thanks.